Well, welcome to the Values Driven Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Mankin, and the purpose of this podcast is to help you make meaningful progress on things that matter. In today's episode, a conversation about the intersection between faith and fitness with Kevin Washington, who is the Director of Player Development for the football team at the University of Texas at Austin, my alma mater. And I think you're going to be really blessed by this episode and by Kevin's thoughts as we discuss the meaningful side of fitness. When all is lost and the world is losing to hope, hope is all we've got to get us through. Oh, yeah, we'll make it, we'll make it, I swear. Kevin Washington is helping athletes and candidly everyone around him develop a deeper and more rich faith. He has spoken at my church a few times, and every time he talks, I leave just feeling convicted, encouraged, and uh, just excited about knowing God at a deeper level. And he is investing his time in developing college athletes and sharing with them some of the principles around what it looks like to be engaged as an athlete and a competitor while also growing in your knowledge and your intimacy with God. And so he is the perfect person to talk about the intersection of faith and fitness. And I know personally, I love running. I love getting up really early as a part of my morning routine. Exercise is a big part of my life and something that I've grown to really love, uh, especially for what it can do for just my mental clarity and for uh, my general sense of well-being, um, and through my conversation with Kevin, just re- was reminded again that this is not just for mental clarity and general well-being. That fitness and faith are um, able to be mentioned in the same conversation, and in fact, have to be mentioned in the same conversation, and that they are intertwined. And so, I know this conversation will be a blessing to you, Kevin. He has been involved with sports all of his life. He played football at University of Notre Dame. He then played uh, at Abilene Christian University, has been a chaplain with FCA, uh, and now is at my alma mater, the great University of Texas, leading the football team in their uh, spiritual development as the director of player development there. And so without further ado, here is my conversation with Kevin Washington. Well, Kevin, uh, thanks so much for taking time to uh, to jump into this conversation. I want to just start with the first question. I mean, why why did you take this job with UT to help develop college athletes? Um, man, I took the job because I felt like it was an extension of the purpose God had given me in being able to further the gospel, get to know people, and then also use sports athletics as a vehicle for, you know, discipleship and evangelism. We were, my wife and I were working for FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, as chaplains at the University of Houston, and we absolutely loved it. Um, We got to interact with coaches and athletes. We were responsible for their growth um, spiritually and got to have a lot of great relationships. And when this opportunity came up, um, we really had to sit back and pray because a lot of people say, oh, it's a no-brainer. You go there, um, bigger school, more money, all that kind of stuff. But there was a lot of great things that God was doing in Houston. And ultimately, it came down to the fact that we felt that up here at UT, I'd be able to focus more um, on the different opportunities that God had presented me with, whether that be um, teaching or being able to hone in on very specific projects, and that we were still able to be able to share the gospel in what we were doing. And so 
as chaplains for FCA, we were kind of spread throughout the whole athletic department, whereas here we get to develop just the football team, or I get to develop just the football team. And it's very, it's been very good to be able to focus on one group of athletes as opposed to the entire department, which also is a drawback because you miss some of those relationships. But there's just a lot of opportunity up here, and we can continue doing exactly what uh, God has called us to do. Yeah, and I know that, that it also reflects on your own story as you played football in college. Um, and so being able to work with just football players now, I mean, that's got a, a personal relevance, relevance to you as well. I mean, I'm curious just how, how even your perspective on sports has changed um, now that you're not playing as you were in college and are mm-hmm. actually spending time intentionally investing in athletes. How, how has mm-hmm. that um, just perspective on the role of sports uh, changed over time? it really showed me the power that athletics has because when you're in it, you don't really notice. It's kind of like a fish doesn't know it's wet because it's just swimming around. But you notice once you get out the formative aspects that you have in sports, there's a lot of worldview. There's a lot of thinking and how our young athletes just understand the world is going to be shaped a lot by their athletic experience. And that's really just changed to understand how much we need to pour into them and how much we need to make sure that we're being very intentional throughout all of our opportunities in athletics. And there's a few things, a lot of things that I wish someone had been around to tell me. And I mean, I had a great relationship with um, a pastor when I was up at Notre Dame playing ball and that I credit a lot to, you know, me being saved because he just kept telling me the gospel. And I just wish there had been someone else there as well that would have been able to say, hey, now that you're in sports, how do you work those two things together? Because I think it's not just a sports thing. It's just a life thing. Like We can live our lives divided and not actually understand, man, the gospel should affect everything I do. Jesus should be a part of everything that I do, whether that be work or worship or watching a movie or playing Xbox with somebody or playing sports. It is all worship. And so we need to understand how those things intertwine and um, athletics is a great opportunity to do that. How else did you feel like when you were playing football in college that you were getting it wrong? Man, it depends on which me you ask. Like the <laughs> pre-knowing Christ, Kevin wouldn't have said he was doing it wrong. Um, but when I look back now, I see that I had too much value placed in sports and not in Christ or in God or not understanding that sports are actually molding me into the things that I want to do. And they're a tool, they're a vehicle, they are um, what God is using as the weight room of my life to make me into his son, to make me more perfect. And if I'd have understood that, I'd have been able to walk through sports differently as opposed to valuing it too much or people's opinion based off of that or getting identity out of the sports. And those are just a few things that, you know, you realize looking back, like, man, I didn't realize it meant that much to me until, you know, I had something else mean more. and I got to be able to put that in perspective. You mentioned a pastor or, you know, some, some influential people in your life that, that helped you almost see sports in the right way. But was there a specific moment or a specific conversation or something that happened that made you um, think differently about it? And even maybe that was the point of salvation for you or not. But um, like, why did you shift your perspective? Yeah, it wasn't. Um, so I got, I was saved and then continued to play sports. And it wasn't until maybe my last year uh, playing football that I understood there's a different way to do things. And so there's a great curriculum out called Doing Sports God's Way that Nebraska FCA 
um, heightens and uses a lot. And so I credit a lot of the staff in that area, um, Robbie Trent and um, Chris Softly, two guys that, I mean, have helped me out tremendously in understanding what it means to do sports God's way. Uh, you know, Coach Brown and those guys who bring forward this curriculum to show you there is God's way and there is man's way to do things. And that's everything in life. That's also in sports. And I can remember going to a camp and they were teaching us, training us how to compete for Christ and then still be competitors and still be competing. And I remember having a conversation with, I think it was Robbie and we were sitting on the edge after this, after this competition and my team had kind of lost and I was just bitter because if you're an athlete and you lose, that's unacceptable. There's nothing else. How dare you? And it'll just ruin your whole day. And so I had lost and I was mad. And they were talking about winning. And they said, yeah, we always are trying to compete for Christ and try to win in the given situation that we're in. So whatever context we're in, if we're playing a game, we're going to try and win it. That's what we do. But ultimately, we have to define winning biblically. And winning is going to be maximizing all of our God-given opportunities and gifts to the glory of God. And can we say that we've done that? Now, we'll never do it perfectly. And so there's there's repentance for that. There's the grace of God, thank goodness. Um, but if we can say we've done that and try to compete in line with who God says he is and who God says we are, then we won. And I remember sitting there being mad and saying, no, I don't like that <laughs> because I want to win. Like, this is ridiculous. And so this is where I think most athletes get the pushback because when they hear us, they think, oh, you're trying to tell us that winning doesn't matter. You're thinking that it's everybody gets a trophy. And no serious Christian competitor would ever say that. That's not it. You should strive and try to win within your context um, to the best of your ability. But ultimately, there's something that means more than winning on the game, and it's, it's winning and being obedient and loving the Lord. And I just remember that conversation because I was struggling. I was literally fighting through it. And it just came to that question, man, what's more important, God or your sport? And if it's God, then how do you work your sport the way that he would want you to? How do you um, compete? How do you move around in that world the way that God would want you to? And then luckily, thankfully, coming to a better understanding that loving God more than my sport doesn't mean I can't enjoy or be super competitive in my sport. It just means I have a parameter to do it and a way to enjoy it fully. Um, that most people don't if you don't understand who Christ is. Do you have any examples of times when you may have lost in, in the world's eyes, but when you reflect back on it, maybe in the moment it didn't feel like this, but when you reflect on it, reflect back on it now, you think that actually was a win in my faith? Um, I, I don't know if I have a specific moment like that, but I'm glad you, I'm glad you said it that way. Because um, we lost in the world's eyes, but then you said there was a win in my faith. And I think that's really important to say because after a, after you lose, if you've been giving yourself to this, then you're going to be upset. We're not saying that you should be okay with losing. Like that's that's never it. And so it's a loss in the world, doesn't it's literally a loss in the lose column. And so that happened. But there's the understanding that okay, I won ultimately. There's a win there. And I tell our athletes all the time. You have an opportunity every time you compete to go two and zero or at least one and one. You don't have to leave the field a loser because you can win spiritually even though you lost on the field, and that's that's the worst we wanted to get to because while we're trying to compete, we're trying to win in both of those areas. Um, but I don't know if I have a 
specific instance um, of losing besides maybe, I mean, recently, because I'm thinking back to when I was competing and <laughs> God was still trying to, to grow me in that understanding. Um, but I would say like, maybe like a pickup game of basketball or something, even now, it's still super competitive. Um, and, you know, we'll be playing a game, pick up basketball, me and some of the coaches or some of the players or whatever it is. And, you know, we'll be losing. And you can just tell from the, the guys around us, like, man, hey, we're losing, got to pick us up. And people want bragging rights and everything. But understand that I still have a witness, even if we lose that pick up basketball game. It's okay. I competed. I gave everything that I had. Um, I'm not ashamed of what I did. And this is just a pickup game. So I'm not going to shame the name of Christ because of what I'm doing. Um, I think would probably be the biggest I can remember right now. Um, because it was way back in the day when I was <laughs> competing like in college or anything. It, it just from an overarching even principles of how faith, like at a high level, like the role of faith in sports or in, you know, mm-hmm. fitness or working out or whatever, like just on a day-to-day basis, when you're working with players, what are some of the things that you consistently have to come back to, to get sort of the, the, the major themes of what it means to be a faithful man of God or woman of God and also be engaged in sports at a high level? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that I come back to is that our faith should orient our life. It should be everything. It should focus us. It should give us direction on what to do, what not to do, what we should be overjoyed in, what we should not enjoy. Um, I'm thinking first Corinthians 10, 31, which is, man, and whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, to do the glory of God. Um, Colossians 3.23, when he says, um, work enthusiastically. And whatever you do, work enthusiastically. It's something done for the Lord, not for man. And there's just this reorienting that Paul has. It says, man, everything is done for the glory of God. And if it's for the glory of God, then it's also for your good. And so those things aren't separated. Like everything that we do is and should be worship. And once we understand that, it frees us in so many different ways. I can compete now, um, not caring what people think and what they're going to say. I can compete, not worrying about if a coach is going to get mad at me because I mess up because I know ultimately Christ and God have already approved of me because of what Christ has done. And so that fear of people's approval is gone. And I can take that same thing into work when I get ready to, you know, turn a project in or try to work with somebody. If they reject me and I'm worried about that, then I'm not going to work with them the way that I want to, because I'm too worried about somebody, liking me instead of loving that person you know and i think i think that's just overall because that's athletics that's work that's life when you can say hey go sit at that cubicle for the glory of god and send that email uh, for the glory of god like that that changes things and so the role that faith should play is that it should give us new eyes it should give us a new heart it should give us a new lease on life as we understand that my faith is who i am like that's what defines me and should define all the moves and things that I do. Yeah. And I think probably the, the majority of people who are listening to this right now, um, and mm-hmm. me, as you're talking, <laughs> we're not counted among, you know, the greatest athletes in the world. Um, we are probably most of us who are listening to you talk are people who are commuting to work and having a hard time finding, you know, three to three times a week to, to go to the gym or get outside and run or whatever that may be. And so, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the people you work with maybe have, um, the, the problem of needing to 
think less about sports and more about God. And I wonder if some people who are <laughs> listening to this um, have a hard time seeing even the value of getting outside and going for a run or going to the gym and and not finding any motivation for doing that in, in their faith. So what, what kind mm-hmm. of, I mean, things do you have to say to someone who's maybe facing the other uh, end of the spectrum of, um, haven't maybe worked out in years or having a hard time seeing why they should take care of their body. Um, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of advice do you have for somebody like that? Oh man. The, I think there's, there's a lot. I think when you approach working out and you approach, um, getting active, I think you have to really look at your mindset because a lot of times we can look and say, I should get active because I don't like what I see in the mirror. And that's our motivation. Or there's this is guilt of oh, I should be doing something. And if you start with those motivations, it's always going to be an uphill battle because it's not something you really want to do. It's something you've been guilted into. And that's huge because that's not what physical activity is about. Like God made us to be able to move, to enjoy those things. And so we can get into the scientific and the physiological effects of making sure that you're active, like how you have more endorphins released and you're in a better mood and you can think clearly and all those things. And those are great. You should do those because God has equipped us in a way that when we move around and when we are getting active, that there are um, physiological effects. It helps us. It helps our relationships, helps everything. But even more than that, I think there's the thinking that we need to understand that, man, God has given us this body and we're going to, we're stewards of it. Like we are stewards of the body that God has given us. And we need to be good stewards of that by staying active because you're here for a purpose. Whatever um, arena you find yourself in right now, God has placed you there. God has put you in that spot to impact and affect whoever it is, whether it be coworkers or families, children, and the healthier you are, the longer you'll be able to do that. <laughs> and so if you think about, you know, kids or friends or parents or just loved ones in general, like, man, it's almost like God has given us multiple motivations to say, I should be active because I want to be um, around as long as possible. I want to love these people. I want to spend time with them. And we're going to worship God by taking care of the things he's given us, namely our body. Um, and I think that one of the mistakes that we make is, we want to, I want to shed these 20 pounds, these 10 pounds. I want to look this way in the next 10 minutes. And it's like, that's not going to work. Like if there's something online that says that, you know, you're going to have a six pack by the time you finish watching a TV show, it's probably not going to work. So <laughs> you need to understand, like, there's not a short term answer usually that's healthy anyway. Um, but you should find something that you like to do. And there's no one size fits all. So I know some people are like, oh, like they love CrossFit. Some people are like, oh my gosh, CrossFit is so dangerous. Okay, well then don't do it. Some people like to dance. Okay, well then go do Zumba. Like you'll never catch me in a Zumba class, like unless my wife wants me to go do Zumba, in which case I'm like going to beg her not to. But that's not my thing. I'm not going to dance to sweat, but I love to go lift weights. Now running, that's a whole nother issue. Like that's a, that's just something else we're not going to talk about. I don't like running. Running hurts. Um, <laughs> But you find things that you like to do, right? And so if you don't like running, then don't run. Like, get a bike. If you don't like doing that, then just find something that you enjoy doing and like doing. Go on a walk um, with your spouse every night. Just make it a tradition. Okay, we're going to get active. That we're going to walk and end our day together doing this. Um, watch a TV show on a treadmill. You know, do something that you're actually going to enjoy and like doing. I think that's one of the things we need to understand. Um, and, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, and I'm even wondering 
with your own uh, disciplines when it comes to not just fitness, but also spiritual disciplines. Um, you know, I, I imagine some of that, that same kind of drive is required to be able to, or at least to be able to stay in the game when it comes to getting into the Bible and praying and, and having sort of a daily ritual to do, to do that. What, what does that look like for you? Like how, how are you um, keeping your faith engaged? How are you keeping your body engaged? Like maybe just walk us through some of what your workouts look like and also some of what your, your spiritual disciplines look like. Hmm, that's awesome. Um, so my workouts look a little bit different because obviously I work at um, the athletic department at the University of Texas. And so I have access to a weight room that most people don't have access to. Um, we have a strength and conditioning staff that like can create workouts. And so whatever those guys come up with, I'm all for. I'm like, hey, it helps me out because I don't have to think. And they get a workout. I just go through it, try to survive it, and I'm good. And so I'll just do that. Uh, pretty consistently. I mean, it's uh, five days a week usually that we're doing something. Um, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, more intense workouts, whereas Tuesday, Thursday is more like the different muscles and types and things like that. And again, that's just a preference. Like, what do you want to do? If you're just getting into it, I wouldn't suggest going seven days a week or maybe not even five days a week. Just do something light for three days a week, you know, get into it. Um, but to me, working out is a spiritual discipline. And I think that's one of the things that as Christians, we can embrace, like, maybe I don't want to do this, but a lot of the Christian life is what Jesus says when he says, you're going to have to deny yourself. And to me, working out is practicing (laughs) self-denial, because if you're working out right, there's going to be a moment in the workout, you're like, I don't want to do this. Or it could be before the workout starts, the alarm clock goes off and you're like, I don't want to do this, (laughs) but I can say, Lord, let me do this to your glory. Let me do this because you say it's good. And because if you say it's good, then it's got to be. Um, but I love first Timothy four, um, where he says that, um, you know, have nothing to do with irreverent myths or silly myths, but rather train yourself for godliness. And then in verse eight, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is a value in every way that holds promise for the present life and also the one to come. And so he's, he's talking to Timothy about like, Hey, you need to make sure that you're not following these false teachers and going in all these silly things that don't matter. But within that, he says, Physical training does have some value. It is valuable. Like Paul admits that. We all admit that. But he says, train yourself in godliness. So why not do both? And as I look at it, that is one of the best times for meditation is you get a verse or something. You do like your quiet time, your devotional. It's something that you heard in church that you've been working through for the rest of the week. And you pick a verse or two. And, you know, you commit it to memory or you write it somewhere and you think on that verse throughout the rest of the workout Um, or you use your workout time as a time to pray and say, all right, Lord, I'm going to be praying while I'm running, because if I pray late at night, I'll fall asleep. Um, And so this is a way for me to get my prayer time in. And you just use that opportunity to say, hey, I'm going to be focusing on the Lord while disciplining my body. And so that way I'm still in line with the text where I think when you think about it properly, <clears throat> it's a natural spiritual discipline because you are disciplining yourself towards godliness. Um, and if we look at it that way, it's a, it's a game changer because, you know, we look at Romans where it says, man, don't be a slave to the flesh. Well, heck, working out is telling your flesh, hey, look, I'm the boss and I know you don't want to do this, but this is what we're going to do. And that translates to me 
when you're having to fight your flesh when it comes to lust, when you have to fight your flesh when it comes to anger, and you are used to bringing your flesh under submission of the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we talk through those things and we work through those things, but I think the spiritual discipline of working out is something that we should all be doing more often. Um, heck, listen to a sermon. Um, <laughs> listen to worship songs. I mean, there's so much that you can do, but I think it's being intentional about having something to think on and meditate on while working out so that you are training yourself in godliness while you're getting the physical benefit from working out as well. Hmm. What kind of uh, things do you listen If you're going to listen to a sermon when you're working out, who are you listening to right now? Oh my gosh. It is all over the place. <laughs> um, and so I'll, I'll, I got a few guys that I always go back and forth to. And so I'll listen to our pastor, uh, Juan Sanchez. I'll listen to, uh, Vody Bacham, if I get a chance, John Piper, um, John MacArthur. Um, recently been listening to Art Azurdia. Um, has had some really good stuff, but it really just it really just depends on what I'm listening to, what I'm learning. And so I'll I'll pick like different texts that I'm going through or different things that I'm dealing with. And say, okay, who preaches on this as a faithful preacher? Um, and just listen to some of that. And so I'll do that. Um, sometimes I'll do sermon jams every now and then. And then sometimes I know it's gonna be a hard workout. I'm just putting on. Uh, Christian hip hop. So I got my own little Spotify playlist that is, you know, weight room worship. And is that playlist <laughs> public? That is, I mean, is that something you can share with people? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's just uh, me, Kevin Washington, um, on Spotify, and it's just weight room worship. Yeah, I'll link to that. A lot of Christian hip hop. I'll link to that in the show okay. notes. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And so it's just a lot of Christian hip hop that's still theological, but has a really good beat to it, and will keep you going, kind of pumped up as you're uh, <laughs> as you're working out. And so sometimes if it's a hard workout, that's just what I put on. Like, you know what, Lord, I'm going to be praying to get through this workout. So give me some energy. It's <laughs> awesome. Switching gears a little bit. I'm, uh, I'm curious just when you're working with college athletes and you now being an adult out of college, you know, and have seen the other side of what it looks like to live life, um, you know, years outside of being with in a college locker room. What are some of the things that you hope the athletes that you are investing in take away from their time, you know, with you into the world? Most of them probably aren't going to the NFL. Um, so what are some of the things that some of the lessons that you hope they bring into the world after time uh, spent uh, with you? Yeah. I would really say it's a little bit paradoxical, but trying to enjoy the moment while having a big picture having a big picture view of things because uh, you you're in college, you're young, you know, enjoy it, enjoy this time, enjoy the body that God's giving you. I tell guys all the time, it's like, yeah, you look good right now, but when you get my age, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, and so I'm just like, man, enjoy that now when you enjoy working out and can eat whatever you want to and don't care. Um, but have a bigger picture. There's something else going on here. And I try to help our guys understand that there's always lessons in life that God's trying to teach us. There's, God's providence doesn't waste anything. Um, so every moment, every class, every interaction, there's something that happens. And a lot of times you'll hear this from you know, our guys, but then you'll hear this from everywhere where people will always say, you know, everything happens for a reason. And man, I am completely 100% on board with that, but I'm going to need us to understand it more than just when there's bad things happening or trying to you know, find hope. I'm going to need us to say that when there's good things happen, when there's nothing happening. Um, and just want them to understand that there's always training for something going on. Like God's preparing us for something or 
he is using this event or these people to mold us into something personally. There's always something going on. So I'm always trying to get our guys to have that bigger picture, to walk away saying, hey, there's a bigger picture at play here, and I've got a part to play in it. But there's also something that I need to consider um, while I'm enjoying the things that God has given so that I can use this to the best of my ability. Hmm. And what about just for you, the things that you're doing on a regular basis to make progress on something you care about? I mean, is there some kind of discipline, habit, something you do every day or regularly to make progress on you know a goal that you have? Yeah. Um, the first thing I do is always listen to my wife <laughs> because she's going to be honest with me. Um, and it's her and there's other people in my life that know the things that I want to accomplish and will put my feet to the fire. Like, hey, you said this, but you haven't done it. And you said you want to get this accomplished and it's the next week. It's not there. Um, and so Jordan, my wife, is awesome because she'll just give me deadlines. I'm like, hey, I think, I'm, I, think I want to write this. Or I think I want to do this. She's like, okay, cool. Have it done by Friday. I'm like, what? Like, hold on. Come out. Like, how are you going to make up a deadline for something that I just thought of? Um, but that's awesome because she knows me. And so she knows that if I don't have that, it may just continue being a thought. And having people in your life that you can trust with your dreams and goals that will also push you towards them when you're afraid to make a mistake or when you don't think it's going to happen, I can't say enough about. And they will be able to, you know, hold you to the fire and say biblically, hey, what are you doing? Like, don't procrastinate. Go after this. Or maybe this one isn't a good idea. And always having those people talk to you about it is great. Um, But another thing that I do is I have a I have a weekly review. And um, Jordan, and I plan out our weeks. And part of my planning out my week is to look back on the past week. And every past week, I have some of the same questions that I always ask myself, because I know that I have certain things that I want to do. I want to always be getting better at my job. And so I got like a list of questions that I ask myself every week is this past week, what went well and what didn't. So how, what went good, what didn't go well and why? Tell me about it. How have I loved Jordan this week and how will I the next week? Um, because I want to make sure that my marriage is something I'm always being intentional about. And so I'm asking myself, did you do anything this week? And then what are you preparing to do next week? How did I grow in the Lord this week? Because that's always an aim. Am I satisfied with how I spent my time? Did I follow my priorities? Because that's one of the struggles that I face is there's a lot of different things going on and I can very quickly chase all these different rabbits instead of what I'm actually going after. And so I ask myself, how did I spend my time? Um, what's something I learned this week? Because I always want to be growing. What can I pray for this week um, as I get ready for it to remind myself that it's not just me, it's the Lord working through me. So I'm not just depending on myself. And then what am I most grateful for right now? Just to end that week with, end that overview with God is still working. How can I be grateful moving into this? And those are questions that I work through on a weekly basis to find out, man, what would I want to do? Here are my goals. Am I getting closer to accomplishing those things? Um, Because if I didn't spend my time wisely, then chances are I wasn't accomplishing that goal that I had. Um, If this past week didn't go well, then what about that can change? And so there's those different things that I try to do on a weekly basis. Um, and then on a daily one, I've got kind of three things that I look at. And I got this one from uh, the book, What's Best Next? And just talk about, man, how do you have a core mission statement uh, for your life? And so, I mean, I have my core purpose down and I look at that every single day. And I write down my core principles, the things that I organize my life by. And there's about five of those that say, hey, you need to live in line with these things that you value. And then my core beliefs 
Um, it's just one sentence that says a core belief about this is what I believe and this is what I'm going to hold on to throughout this entire day, week, um, to know that God's God's working in all these things. And uh, there's those scriptures that there's three scriptures that go with each one of those. Uh, the core purpose, Romans 11:36, and core principles, Second Corinthians 5, 14 through 15, and core beliefs, Ephesians 2, 10. And every day I try to start the day by going through what's my core purpose, what are my core principles, what are my core beliefs, and then let's live those things out. Mm, that's awesome, man. Thanks so much for sharing all that. I mean, just last question for you. Just how, how can people stay in touch with you? Where can they find you on social media? Or where would you prefer people get in touch with you if they want to ask any questions? Yeah, for sure. On social media, my Twitter handle is at KevWash630, so K-E-V-W-A-S-H. Um, at Kev watch six thirty, and same thing for Instagram just Kev watch six thirty. I'm definitely a little more active on Twitter than I am on Instagram, but you can definitely find me there. Um, and then was definitely inspired by you. So thinking about trying to, uh, kind of put together like an athletically minded, uh, Christian podcast, oh, bring it on. Um, That's awesome. And a website soon. So <laughs> appreciate you being faithful because it's definitely encouraging me to do, do the same thing. Awesome. 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 Well, let me know whenever, uh, that gets launched and we'll be sure to share that with the audience too. Absolutely. We'll most definitely do it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Kevin. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Blake. Well, thanks to Kevin Washington for having this conversation about the intersection of faith and fitness. If you'd like to see any resources or links to things mentioned in the show, visit the episode page at valuesdrivenproductivity.com slash podcast. You can subscribe to the show almost anywhere you get your podcast. And if you do have a moment, I would love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. That would be awesome. And I would love to hear your feedback. Please also do join the email list, valuesdrivenproductivity.com slash subscribe. This list will give you access to new content from the site, which includes each episode of the podcast with all of the show notes, each new post I write with practical steps you can take to make progress in your life. I also put together a today's to do, which is just a simple productive action you can take in less than 10 minutes. And then my monthly top 10 is a curated list of resources that I publish that will be helpful to you. So with that, that just about does it. Thank you for listening to the show. And until next time, make meaningful progress on things that matter. Hope is all we've got to get us through.